Welcome to Fitness in the Word with Benjamin Kasanja. How do you handle a treasure? How do you handle something that you value? You treasure a treasure, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you value it. You, you, you treat it well. You treat it well. Hallelujah. You don't just you don't just take it you don't just take it anyhow. So there is a way you handle something when it is a treasure when you treasure it. These screens are put up there because they are treasured. They are valuable. We we don't just put them on some stool down here. We feel like they are safer there. You get what I mean? They are treasured. So, treasure the voice of God. One of the greatest hindrances to people hearing the voice of God is because they don't treasure it. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 3, from verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. You know, when you read in most of your newer versions, they say the word of God was rare. Yeah? But you see, the primary, what, the, 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 first, the first meaning, the root meaning from the Hebrew word that is used there is valuable, precious. I like that King James uses the word precious. It is true. People are not, people are not receiving open visions here and there. But the word of God was valuable. It was precious. And when you see, you know what had gone on with the house of Eli and all that? They did not treasure it like it was meant to be treasured. Could it be the reason that there were no open visions? Could it be the reason that they were not receiving? I think it is in Jeremiah where he tells us that when we come to learn to separate the vile or the trivial from that which is precious. The trivial from that which is precious. And that is what I'm saying, uh, I was saying earlier. That there are people who take prophecy lightly. You know why they take it lightly? You're just excited about prophecy. You're just, why do we take it lightly? Because we don't know that it is a treasure. We don't know that it comes from God. If we understood that it comes from God, it will not even matter. It will not. It is not the accuracy that would even make us excited about it. Just by reason of who it is coming from. You receive a phone call. There are phone calls you receive in where they said anything serious or not serious. You just say, oh, C.S. Matiangi has just called me. C.S. Matiangi just talked to me. Yeah, I was just talking to C.S. Matiangi. Even, you see, when, when, when you come and preach... You, you look for a way of giving it as an example. You just say, so the other day, as I was talking to C.S. Machang, uh, and you see, your sermon is about uh, demon cast, casting out demons. But you know, you will talk about the other day when I was talking. Somehow it will come up because of who spoke to you. Not necessarily what they spoke, but who spoke to you. Because who, who spoke to you gives value to what they spoke. Haven't you seen motivational speakers who are should i say upcoming 
They are not anybody yet. You, you get what I mean? Do you know that some of them speak better than those who have already made it? You listen to them and I'm telling you, they, they know everything. They will tell you, see, if you do this and this and you sleep, wise men sleep for these hours and foolish men sleep for these hours. You do this and this, your finances will be like this. I think it is also what I have been saying earlier. You see earlier when I was talking about leadership and pastors and what? Because I was wondering, you know, you look at these people like Bishop Doug Ward Mills, Bishop Oyedepo and all these. Have you realized that their congregants are never used to them? Which for us in Kenya, it is so different. For us in Kenya, when a pastor invites a guest minister, that is when the place is full. You see, for them in Nigeria, when their man of God is speaking, every day is like a conference. They just value the man of God is coming. You know, you, you give them summons about other men of God, they don't care. They'll tell you, wow, that is powerful. But they will go back now. The, our man of God was saying and that is why they keep getting such because of that but you see it is what we've also shown even as pastors God has called us but we always feel like there should be we should bring in a machinery to come and do do the work if I invite so and so if I do this conference if I do this conference you find churches that close because a certain man of God is in town are we close to go and listen to this man of God? And then you're going to realize that as you grow, these men of God that we are excited about many times, it is just because we are not their congregants. Do you know that? It's the same way you would be excited about your pastor if you are not his congregant. You get what I mean? Yes. So you know you're excited about them because they are coming once to town. You move to their city, you start sitting under them, you want another one now. <laughs> you get what I mean? You realize there is nothing so much that you're receiving from them. Because you didn't place value on this one that you have. That's the same thing. The disciples were with Jesus. But they desired to see other guys. They felt like he was not enough. Tell us. Like, are you Moses? You know, they, they, they really felt like... Ah, Moses and Elijah are better than you. You know, they were excited at first when he's being announced. But after being with him for a while, they wished they had Moses. And on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah show up. And they are in awe. You know, Moses and Elijah are in awe of Jesus. The disciples are in awe of Moses and Elijah. And our voice speaks and says, This is my beloved son. Hear you him. You get what I mean? Important for you as a leader to train those people, like I said, to respect you and to receive from you. As the leader God has put there, you are the hotspot leader they have. You are the department leader that they have. And you are the best that God has for them. You're the best that God has for them. Praise the Lord. Once we get to that place, then we'll know that this nation is having revival, move of God. Where people value their own churches, ministers. They value them. They, you know, people will say, I can't meet that, miss that meeting. So and so is coming. On Sunday, I think I'm tired. It's, it's pastor. We don't have a guest preacher. 
But when pastor invites a guest preacher, that one, hey, I can't miss that one. I have to be there for that one. I have to be there for that one. But you know, you're going to realize that even many of the testimonies you have in your life are because of your pastor, not because of the guest preacher. The guest preacher excited you. The guest preacher is like a birthday cake. No one can say, do you see how tall I have grown? Do you see how I'm built? It's because of the birthday cake. No. You need to come back home and eat real food. Yeah. Yeah. So I realized that so early, and I thank God that I realized that at a young age. Because you see, by the time God called me to submit to Bishop Isaiah, you know, first of all, there was excitement. Definitely, I met him, and I'm like, wow, who carries such power? Who, you know? Then I started being around him, and I started realizing you're getting used to him, you're getting used to him. And I started seeing different people, like another person comes around, they're like, ah, now that is my spiritual father. Now, you know where it is happening. And I realized, okay, this can happen to anyone. And I decided in my heart that I'm the one who is going to create that value. That's a, one of the things that I've told you here over and over, which my wife can testify to. I've never said no to Bishop Isaiah. It is a choice. And at the moment I start saying no to him, reasoning with him, telling him I'm busy, I'm tired, I'm this. Eventually, that's how I'm going to start receiving from him. You get what I mean? Yeah, that's how I'm going to start receiving from him. So I value, he's the most important man of God in my life. And the truth is that I've met many. That my wife can tell you. I've met many. I've met many with bigger ministries. I've met many. I've met some even who have wanted to mentor me. You see, for me to be their spiritual son. And they seem to have opportunities. You get what I mean? So I even I have friends who left, even who call him by first name basis. You know, somebody called me the other day. Yes, I saw you with her. You get what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, no wonder they, they no wonder they don't receive from him. No wonder they can't receive from him. And how can you stay there for all this long? It takes maturity, like we've always said, it takes maturity. For you to be close to a man of God and receive from them, it takes maturity. Because eventually you get to know them. You get to know their flaws. You get to understand, ah, they don't even eat well. Ah, eh? they, they, they do this. They are not, they are not good at this. They are, you, you know, you just realize many things. Wow, they are not praying like I thought they would be praying. They are sleeping. Actually, they are snoring. They are, ah, she's man of God. They, do, they, they also shout. The, the, you know, you just get all those flaws. That's why I say, at times it's better to see them from afar. At times it's better for them to, to, to minister to you from afar. Because you're always going to get these things. You, you, you get so familiar. You need to correct them. You need to do this. You need to do this. And you can't receive from them. You can't receive from somebody who is... If your dad is treated like... If your dad is like an equal... If, if you think your dad is unlearned... You get what I mean? And you treat him that way. You will never receive any counsel from your dad. Every time you're around your dad, you just feel like whatever he's saying, he knows nothing. And it will always be that. But if you sub... You see, submission means you do it. You submit yourself. It means you can be up here, but you're the one who chooses to eh? submit yourself. 
it's like you're submitting to another man's mission submission you're submitting to another mission to another you come and you put yourself under so it is you always to remind yourself and you see in some of our cultures it is done literally that is why from some cultures when it comes to submission it is easy to learn and it also happens with god we can hear his voice we can have manifestations but we because we don't have that in our system that kind of submitting to it we will not value it we will value it dependent on what it is if the word says next week you're going to get a beaker that one is a very valuable word you get what i mean if the word says you are blessed it is a greeting you get what i mean that is that is a salutation because your focus is not on who the word is coming from who the word is coming from you see jacob and israel what were they fighting about today we fight about property when we are fighting about inheritance they fought about words he ran away from the property because he had received words you would think that when they were fighting for the inheritance you would think it was a shamba no they were just fighting to hear isaac their father say you are blessed that is what they were fighting for that is what made him run away words to him they were so valuable because of who spoke them he would rather leave all the shambas they had and run with those words i said blessed be the father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings that word there blessings its root word is words good words the spiritual blessings he's talking about is not the car the peace health what no the root word for that word blessing if you check it in your greek it is it is a saying a commendation that is what it, that is what it says in greek so god has blessed us with words now words are powerful because of who has said them they are powerful because of what there are words you can take to the bank and get money there are words you can take anywhere so if you know who you have believed you will treasure that word so why don't people take time to hear the voice of god because they don't treasure them if they are a treasure you know it is god speaking to me imagine if you know you know somebody who can change your life here on earth and you know, if this person gave you a job if let me say who do we say the owner of equity bank calls you and tells you i want you i want to speak to you 30 minutes of every day can you give me 30 minutes every day do you know what you're going to say of course you get what i mean but god says i want you to be fed once every week on sunday uh, some sundays uh, I, I will not be around some, some once a week because you don't think he can change your life you don't think it's that important you think it's just a routine that you have to go through but no matter what you're doing you would not fail to get 30 minutes for the ceo of equity you would put them at 2 a.m you would put as in you would have those 30 minutes somewhere even if it's every day now this is god imagine creating time for him every day to hear his voice it is that voice that can change you more than any other voice more than any other thing the word was valuable in that time it was precious now we are going to see 
four things that we should do. And these four things show that we treasure his voice. They show that it is a treasure. And if we treasure it, then it can be given to us over and over and over again. I've also found that even subconsciously, I realized, especially when I was really getting into hearing God's voice, like teaching about it and what, because I realized, I realized that there are certain people that I used to prophesy to a lot. You get what I mean? As in, you know, they would just show up even to our house and I have a word for them. They would. So I said, and I'm like, why? And there are people I didn't even desire. You know, there are people where you, you know, you're like, God, don't speak to me. You, you know, have you ever got to a time where you don't want God to tell you something? You know, many times it happens. At times it has been because of people, certain people. Like I just meet them and I'm like, God, don't. And there are people I would meet and God is just interrupting. Even like, even when I'm not to tell them, like maybe there is nothing to tell them, I'm not going to speak to them. But no, you just with them, you just keep hearing this. 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 So I realized that for many where it is very easy, the flow is very easy, I realized that they treasure what I speak, they value me as either their pastor or their leader, like they value me. So there is a very easy flow. There is a very easy flow. You get what I mean? And you're going to see that, even as you go on, you're going to see that. You're going to see, you're going to realize, you've seen even preachers, many preachers, prophets, what you've seen that they, like, they, when I come to your country, there's just something that happens. I just feel a flow. It is because of how they are received. It is because the people treasure. What this person carries, they, they treasure it. Think about you visiting a home. Have you ever visited a home where you even just need to ask for water? You get what I mean? You visit somewhere and they sit with you, you talk for four hours, and when you're leaving, they're like, will you take some water? Or you're the one who asks, can I have some water? He say, hey, nowadays water is expensive, but <laughs> it becomes very hard to want to go back to that place. But there is a place where you go and before you even get in that door, you're coming. Oh, babe, so-and-so is coming. Oh, you know, you just hear the excitement in them. You always want to visit that place. Even when you're just passing by, you're like, why don't we stop? Because you know how those people genuinely celebrate you. Then there are those you tell, oh, by the last week I passed by your place. <laughs> As if you just remembered. But you knew when you were passing, you passed. And you were actually looking for where to go because you had time. <laughs> but you just passed, then <laughs> just went. <laughs> and you were praying that none of them is outside. <laughs> because you're not... You don't feel celebrated there. That is why even as a church, it's so important for us to treat first-time guests very well. For them to feel like they are treasured. Because they should be treasured. And it's the same thing about the presence of God. Why do we experience the presence of God in this church so much? Look at what happens in Captured in Glory. Look at what, just look at how, because we value the presence of God. There is nothing we are going to put before the presence of God. 
I mean above the presence of God. There is nothing. We value the presence of God. God loves where he celebrated. And I say, oh no, God will just show up anywhere. No. He himself said he inhabits the praises of his people. Like people who are praising him. People who are celebrating him. Praising him is celebrating him. Happy that he shows up. So during this time, I believe, the word of God had been, it was rare. It was precious, but rare. Because it was not celebrated. He had spoken. He didn't want the children of Eli to be eating the sacrifice and all this. So they all, it, all that was ignored. It fell on deaf ears. So God is like, why should I keep going there to speak to them? But because God loved people so much, he caused Hannah to make a prayer which she thought that she was the initiator. God needed a prophet. He needed somebody to use. And he causes Hannah to, God, I'll give you that child. And God's like, that's it. And he could not wait to speak to this child. That child was still young. Like, at least this one is pure. I hope he will hear me. Because God wanted. But he wanted where that voice would be treasured. And you can see that even with all the shortcomings of Eli, he still remembered how to discern the voice. He could still teach this child that that is God. When he speaks, say, Lord, here I am. Here is your servant. Speak. And Samuel valued the voice of God from that day. And it is seen in Israel, God speaking many things. So, number one, set an appointment. Set an appointment. Do you know that if you don't set an appointment, you miss it? Exactly. And then so we'll be like, how do you miss an appointment you didn't set? That's the point. You miss it before you set it. Yeah. Exodus 19.10. Read Exodus 19.10. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow. And let them wash their clothes. <laughs> then the Lord told Moses, Go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. God wanted to meet them and he's, he's setting an appointment. Prepare them for my arrival. I want to come to... You imagine how God is speaking to Moses. Don't you think that he would just start speaking to them that way? As they are riding their donkeys and... Uh, cutting there, whatever, as they are busy. Good would have just showed you, hey, guys, 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 hey, Hadola, bring it in. Uh, so, I'm God and... No, God, God didn't want that way. He wanted them to be ready for him. He wanted to have great order. Just think about it on Sunday, when I said, we did a worship song, then I told you, listen to God and write down what you hear. Why, did he, why is it that he spoke to you at that time? Why is that most of you have testified about hearing him at that time? Why didn't you hear those specific things about that person the previous day? Or while we were in worship? But it is because you set an appointment. 
I told you, you turn to your neighbor. So you turned to the neighbor and you worshiped and then waited. So in other words, you're telling God, God, this is the person I want to hear about. I am here. I'm worshiping as I wait to hear from you. And he spoke to you about that very person. He came for the appointment. You repeated it on Monday in hotspots. And he spoke. And hear how some things are very specific that he spoke. Hallelujah. Verse 19. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. That's what we were talking about from the beginning. God wants you to hear his voice, not circumstances, not just feeling, his voice. He spoke to Moses, by, he doesn't sound, he spoke to Moses by a book. He spoke to Moses by a scroll. He spoke to him by his voice. Yeah. You know, I remember in 2020, after teaching, when it, I, was, I did this series about hearing the voice of God. And during that time, I remember during that time, it is good, Joanne is here today, she's not in children's church. But during that time, there are times that Joanne was very stubborn. Now she's married, I don't know if she's... she's she, she, yeah, Steve says she's not stubborn. You're not stubborn. Yes. But you know, there are things Joanne did at work. And I would be like, Joanne, how would you do that? And you know, there's something she told her boss. And I'm like, oh, go. I'm her pastor. <laughs> Hope she did tell the boss. You know. Either she told the boss, I don't have time. I don't know. But this, you see how all of you, are, all of you are really growing. I'm telling the things I go through as a pastor. Like, pastor, the boss has uh, he has told me not to come back to work and I'm like, what did you do? So he did this and this and this and I told him I can't come for it. I'm like, oh God. So during that time, something happened. She was still working for Java. And yeah, so he told her that was bad and what. I, I hope she repented. Okay, I'm sure maybe she, I, I'm not sure she will tell me. But <laughs> I can't speak for you. Did you repent? Yeah, she says she repented. Yes. So, so one of those days she comes, she says, I want to come. I want to, like, I want to hear from God. Something like that. She comes here. Because uh, in the morning we pray as staff. Yeah. So we were here in the morning. So she was here. She's like, I've come. I want to, I think she was fasting. She wants to hear from God. She put a mat here that day and she's here. So she was just praying and all. So by the end of the day, she came with a list. And she told me, these are the things that God has spoken to me about. These are the things that uh, need to change in Java. And this and this, she was a manager. These are things that need to change in this and this and this and this and this and this and this. It's like, I'm going to present this to my boss. Now, they had given her a compulsory leave until they choose either to call her back. You get what I mean? So you don't call yourself back. So the next day, she goes to, the ma to her boss or whatever. She presents them this. And like, Joanne, these are the things that we want. This is what they start putting her in charge. As in, like they never suspended her. She gets back to work that way. She was given a new role. She was given a promotion to oversee actually and to implement what she had. Now, what am I saying? She set an appointment. She came and God did not disappoint. 
This is how powerful it is to hear the voice of God. And you hear how the voice of God is redemptive. Because me as a person, I'm like, you deserve it. You get what I mean? God's voice is redemptive. She got back. They never asked. And until she left Java, she left on her own. She left to... She, she wanted to join Spirit of Faith and, and all that. But look at that. And it is not the first time. Like, we've had testimonies, especially from Joanne, when she, she says, I want to go, I want to pray about this. And she comes back with specific answers, instructions. Pastor, this is bothering me. I should go talk to God about it. And she values it. And that's why she has testimonies. You get what I mean? Other people keep coming. Pastor, it is still bothering me. Pastor, it is still bothering me. She comes on. She is a time she went to, I don't know, whatever is a prayer place in current. Like just a whole day. I'm going to pray about this and this. And when she comes back and she says, I heard from God this and this. There is fruit. You literally see. Because even when she showed me this list of the things God has spoken to her that need to change in Java, this, this. <laughs> like, are you a CEO in Java? But you know, first of all, you're on suspension. <laughs> now you want to go and tell them what, what to do. You know, I'm just thinking about the boss saying, are you not on suspension? You didn't know what to do and you got suspended. Now you're coming to tell, during suspension to tell us what we should do. But God had spoken. And hear that. Very great example. So, God shows up when we prepare. You see, her coming, leaving her home, that time it was her mother's home, leaving her mother's home early in the morning, take a matatu or two matatus to come to church and say, I want to hear God. It means that voice is a treasure to her. It means she believes that if I hear from God, things can turn around. It means she really values it. Many Christians stay at home and they whine. Oh, I think I did this wrong. I think I'll do better. I think I'll do this. They, we just do all human analysis and whatever we can do instead of what if we had a word from God. Don't you see how people in the Old Testament also valued this? You remember? David. You know, David was not a priest. Yeah? But you know he even, him being a friend of God, being somebody who loved God, you know he broke protocol. There are things that David did that were meant to be done by the priests. David says, let's bring out the effort and let's inquire from the Lord. That was not his role. Kings didn't do that. You could even die. But maybe the people who are meant to do that didn't treasure the voice of God. They in a situation where God is willing to say something, but no appointment has been set for him. And David comes and sets an appointment. And God does not say, you're not the one meant to do this. God comes and speaks. Isn't it what happened with, 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 with Mary, the mother of Jesus and Jesus? She tells Jesus, we've run out of wine. And Jesus is like, what do I have to do with this? It's not my time. Jesus was not a, he never used to make wine. He wasn't selling wine. He was not Israel breweries or wineries. 
Israel wineries, Jerusalem wineries. He was, he was not anything like that. As she comes, we've run out of wine. And what does Jesus say? Woman, what does this have to do with me? And look at what Mary says. Whatever he tells you to do, you do. In other words, preparation. Preparation means you value and you expect. Remember the centurion? The centurion said, just speak a word. As people were longing for Jesus to touch them, to come to their houses, to do things, this one said, just speak a word. That voice was a treasure to him. And the Bible says, in the same hour, his servant was made whole. Say, just speak a word. If we set an appointment, our life can literally change. Are you a leader? Are you struggling with your team and all that? Do you think the voice of God can make a difference? I remember when I was in college, there are certain leaders that had real issues. And you know, we used to, every day, you know, you're calling them for meetings, correcting them, correcting them, correcting them, and it was not going anywhere. And one day God spoke to me and asked me, have you ever inquired what I think about this matter? So I told the other leaders, and the other leaders are like, no, you're being too spiritual. This needs to be addressed or not. I said, okay. I thought we were spiritual leaders. But, <laughs> so, they continued with the process and nothing was changing. And then, for me, I went to pray about these very people. Today, one of them is a pastor for Christ's heart. You get what I mean? Because God spoke to me and I started relating with them on the basis of what God had spoken to me. And I saw a great change in their lives. Which impacted our ministry also. Do you value his voice? Is it a treasure? If it is a treasure, you will create time for it. You will set an appointment and you will believe that before I do all this, actually the next point is going to help us even more. The next point is be quiet and worship. I know for many of us, God speaks to us in the shower. Some of us you don't shower so much, maybe the toilet, the toilet, particularly the toilet. But it is not he, 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 it's not his greatest desire to speak to you when you're naked, like he was. <laughs> Just that he's doing, he don't think he's enjoying it. You get what I mean? He doesn't enjoy speaking to you now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I want you to do this. He wants to speak to you face to face. <laughs> God wants to speak to you face to face. <laughs> just there. <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> <laughs> he wants <laughs> uh, 
that is not his ideal. But maybe sometimes it is because of this next point. Worship. Be quiet and worship. Uh, Psalm 46.10 Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen and I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. Be still or be quiet. Then Exodus 14.13 And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. I told you when you're in Egypt, just say the enemies you see today. today. <laughs> Some of you, God is going to call you to preach in Egypt. <laughs> you stand there and you, you, you just... You start reading. The Egyptians you see today, and they look around and everyone is Egyptian. <laughs> it's the girl they are pursuing. <laughs> they will see her no more. Hey, that's, that will be very, a very painful sermon. <laughs> now he's saying, be still and know that I am God. Be still, I mean, be quiet and stand still. What does that mean? It means pay attention. Place value on my voice. Treasure my voice. Be still. Stop all the other busy things you're doing. They are saying like this example I'm giving of Joanne. You know what? Not being still would have been emailing his bo- her boss every day. When am I coming back? When am I coming back? When am I coming? That is not being still. That is not being quiet. Be still. Stop fighting. Treasure his voice. Do you believe it can make a difference? Then you don't need to fight. First hear his voice. Get your marching orders. First hear the voice. Have you ever seen someone who does not know how to do something and then they are trying so much? Yes. Like a dying, like a baby. You want to tell them stop. They are thinking this is how it's going to work, but they are worsening. You get what I mean? They've put ketchup on their t-shirt, and they think that this is how you wipe ketchup from the t-shirt. You get what I mean? So that's what we do many times. We just fill the whole shirt with ketchup, and God is like, oh, this baby, my children are really babies. We just spread it. So he says, Beast, stop. Stop trying to clean yourself. Stop, stop trying to clean. I have a plan. You should just hear my voice. Maybe the voice is going to say, Take off that t shirt. I have a new one for you. That's the voice. That's better than making it very dirty. So he's saying, Be still. Don't fight. Don't try. So why do we fight then? Last, as in after. Every arrow is out of our quiver. After every bullet is out of the magazine, that's when we come in. God, what do I do? We would have saved those bullets. We would have saved those arrows. Money, time. So that is what he's saying. Because imagine if the children of Israel were not to stand still. You know what they would start doing? Running. And where would they run? Different directions. 
because none of them would run into the ocean. Uh, they would be running and they can't run faster than the horses of Egypt. You get what I mean? So they would start running. They would start doing everything or start to fight the army. This is the strongest army on earth that they want to fight. They would have lost terribly. So he tells them, be quiet. Stop those small plans. Stand still. Don't move. You will see the salvation of the Lord. The Egyptians you see today, you see them no more. Be quiet and worship. Be still and worship. Second Chronicles 20, 17. This is the funniest, one of the very hilarious verses in the Bible. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Hey! You shall not need to fight. And it is a battle. What are you talking about? So many battles that we are fighting in, we didn't need to fight. If we could just hear a voice, we would not need to fight in those battles. So you will not need to fight. Set yourselves. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And if you read the whole passage, you realize that what he did, he told them to take the singers ahead. People are coming with spears, arrows, shields. You're taking people with trumpets. And that is when the Lord came in. He wanted them to be still and worship. Because see, like he said, like we read in, 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 in Psalm, Psalm what? Yeah, Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Now it's very hard for God to be exalted, to be glorified, to be worshipped if you're not fast still. So that is why you must first be still, be quiet. Then you worship him. Because when you worship him, you talk about his greatness. He told these people, be still. You don't need to fight in this battle. Then they sent the singers forward so you're still like I was saying like Joanne comes from whatever she should be doing logically to get back her job to claim her job she leaves all that and she comes here that means she could worship if she was out there calling oh have you seen the boss around oh is he in a good mood you know like all that there is no time to worship there you just continue trying to polish your words and make your words work for you. But you see, you forget about all that. Now you're cool. You're like, God, I know you love me. You're wonderful. You're great. There is no one like you. You know, and then you can hear God. In Acts chapter 13, we may not read there, but you remember I said that while they ministered to the Lord, they fasted, they ministered to the Lord. He said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work which I have called them. These people were still. First of all, Paul had been called. He'd been led to Arabia. He was busy getting revelation. Then when he came to Jerusalem, when he came, he did not just go on being busy. He came down to where these apostles were, and they were there still. In other words, still from all the world's distractions. 
and as they were still, and ministered to the Lord. Yeah, ministering to the Lord. Part of ministering to the Lord is worshiping the Lord, telling Him, You're awesome, you're worthy, you're wonderful. The voice of the Lord came. The Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, Separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work which I have called them. Number three, pray and read the word. You see how this is very practical? And this is something you can do even for 20 minutes. It doesn't need to be two hours. You can just say, this is the first thing I do in the morning before I leave. This is the first thing I do. And our lives will be so changed if we are creating time for... You see, it is different when he just shows up to speak to you in the shower than when you have set an appointment. When you've set an appointment, you're sure there are big things. And then when he knows it's on a daily basis, you know there's going to be progression. He can come and say, now, from where we left yesterday, this one where it is in the shower, if your shower is so loud, it's getting old, it's like, ah, today I can't speak to him, he's not hearing me. If the water is too hot or too cold, it's like, eh, he's jumping, jump, he's jumping around, so. <laughs> He doesn't want to speak to you when you're, you're jumping from side to side. You're jumping around, you know. So, if you set this appointment, he will, he will surely speak to you. And now, pray and read the word. You know, you worship, you do what you pray and read the word. Now, if you're praying and reading the word, how do you, you, you pray and, how do you pray? I like this, I learned this from Robert Moore. It's so simple. Whatever is on your mind. Don't get there and start praying for Syria to feel spiritual. Syria and ISIS against ISIS and Hezbollah. Whatever is on you. Because this is what is going to happen. If you don't pray about what is on your mind, it is going to stay in the way. Yeah. If you're just thinking how your mom has no food, it's going to be there. No matter how spiritual you are, and you start praying for the Chinese people suffering. <laughs> yes, you know, at times, at times we feel like, this that I feel is not as spiritual. I better engage for the Chinese people. Better get in intercessory prayer for the Chinese people. No, whatever is on your mind at that time. You see, this is an appointment you've set. You, you want to go to listen to God. It is not time for, you've not gone for intercession. You've not gone. So whatever is on your mind, is it school fees? Is it that boss who makes you nervous? Just speak to God about it. Because when you speak about it, you get it out of the way. And you see, that is important. Even when we are learning to pray like long prayers, like when you come here, you're praying for, during ignite prayers, you know, you want to pray in times, you want to pray for so long. And like, because people at times say, when I pray, I get so distracted, I get write down whatever is distracting you people think god will be like you're stopping to pray to write down no he's not going to be like that he's going to feel like you treasure his voice it is just like you sitting with somebody who is talking to you important things and your phone keeps ringing it keeps be beeping and, and you keep doing this you keep doing this you know you're not valuing my time as precious as it. it's better for you to say can i take this or it's better for you to say let me switch off this but if you keep doing this you you're, yeah you're not you're not you're not and you know, there are, there are people who are even very 
what do they say uncouth barbaric you know they, they they just every time you're talking they just take that they even never say excuse me have you ever been with such people sit with someone they just keep picking their phone calls as you're talking if you ever do that when i'm talking to you i'll kick you you know <laughs> so you don't think i can kick <laughs> you should you should come when <laughs> huh? I Hey, I, I, I did some training. I'll kick you and your phone. That's very disrespectful. So that is what you're doing. If, something, if, if you're in the presence of God and something starts coming, uh, you, you needed to call your mom. You needed to call this. And you're like, ah, let me just call you to pray. That's what you're doing to God. Your phone is buzzing in his presence and you just keep looking at it and doing this. God does not want that. Write it down. Tell him just... I value what you're saying. I can't just let this thing interrupt us. Let me write it down. And I get back to speaking to you. I value your presence. Yeah. So pray about whatever is on your mind. Start with that. Pray about whatever is on your mind. I mean, pray about whatever is on your mind. I mean, you get to, depending on the time you have, if you have set like 30 minutes and no, you know how long maybe you're going to pray. And after that, read the word. And you may say, so where, which chapter should I read from? Which, as long as it's inside, don't read the covers. Just, just read inside the Bible. Like, read. Hmm? At least the maps are better than outside. Yes, this is not time for studying the word. This is, this is like your quiet time. Every Christian should have quiet time. This is like your quiet time. This is no time to study. It is time to, you're reading. So read from anywhere. Why do you, did you wake up, you felt like reading Psalms chapter 1? Read Psalms chapter 1. Do you want, read anywhere in the Bible. Anywhere. Praise the Lord. You can read Genesis, anywhere between Genesis and Revelation. Read. And use a very simple version. Use a version that, use these paraphrased versions. Use message. Use passion translation. Use amplified. Don't use a very complicated version. Let that not be the day you start using King James. Hallelujah. And as you read, you're going to be so amazed that as you read, the things that you're going to understand from there, and you're going to realize that there are things that he's speaking to you. There is time to study. Now, when time for studying comes, get, a main, get an old version. Get like King James or New King James when you're studying the Word. You know what I mean? Because now you need, studying is different from reading. When you're studying, you, I wouldn't advise you to use message, passion translation to study. Those, you use them as references. Those are more of, they are paraphrased. So some of, some, they explain sometimes some things are watered down so much. You get know what I mean? You can't say passion translation is my main Bible. The message is my main Bible. Like, I have a message Bible, hard copy in the house. But you know, it's not my main Bible. You get what I mean? So th those are references. Get those older versions that have been got from those manuscripts and read. There is, there is a way you, then now you can use these others. That's when studying. But here, get the simplest. Get an LT, get an IV, get passion and read hallelujah then number four the last one 
Listen and write. Listen and write. You've prayed. You've read the word. Listen and write. So listening can even start from the onset. You can listen as you worship. You can listen as you read the word. You can listen as you pray. And is there anything that he's speaking to you? Write it down. Psalm 45 verse 1. My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made, touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Let's read in the message version now. You see, you, now it's our time we are reading. My heart bursts it, its banks, spilling beauty and goodness. I pour it out in a poem to the king, shaping the river into words. Hallelujah. Look at that. So, as you write, you're writing like a poem. There's a time I did this, but way back with worship team. We did a, an exercise with worship team, and I remember a testimony. Manu was sharing sometime back, still a testimony about this. Early days. But I'm like, as you write, you know when you hear and you write, you just start writing that. that because you see, you're listening and you're hearing. You're going to realize, you, you actually, you know there's a time I wrote, like I wrote in a, a full, a small, what, those exercise books, those, what are they? They are a, a what? A6, not A6, but that size, like half the, the other A4 book. So I wrote that full book and I had written my own Psalms. And there are people I would give and they read and they would think, I just wrote from Psalms, the Psalms of David. But because I would just start like writing like what I'm hearing. And this is what he's saying, that he's shaping the river into words. Because as his voice comes, as you listen, that thought comes like, you know, like, like what you're saying, you're writing, wow, like the Lord gives a good day. To, you know, and you know, you just keep going with that. You realize that you can't even stop. You realize that it keeps coming. Then later you read them. Now you read them in first person. You can read them like God is speaking to you. You're going to realize that there are specific things he has spoken to you about that day. You wrote and you did not even know. That it was God that you are hearing. So you listen and you write. You, you listen, then you write. I pour it out in a poem to the king. So you start like you're just writing to him. And eventually you realize there are things that he's writing to you. That's why I think like even as we are reading Psalm 91. You see Psalm 91 is, partly it is like it is David speaking, then it is God. You get what I mean? Yeah. He's saying, he that dwells in the secret place of the most... Then the Lord shall say, I, I, this and this and this. It was the same person writing. But you see, they were writing as they were hearing. Later when they read it, I'm sure they're like, wow, actually this was God now speaking. It, my part had stopped. Because initially it is like they're the ones writing what they believe. Then a part comes. And you see that a lot in the Psalms. So listen and write. Yeah, First Chronicles 28, 19. All this say David. The Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me, even all the works of his pattern. That's written in NLT, NKJV. All this said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me all the works of these plans. And you will see even Moses and all these guys, God gave them patterns. But how did these patterns come? They wrote. They were writing down. This is 
look at today we read these books and we feel like God really speaking to us. Isn't it amazing? You know, for the Bible, they try to crisscross and there are more than more than 10, I think 15,000 what events that come and they 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 like they crisscross, some will try to make a graph, like something that was spoken that came to pass. Many. Just the prophecies about Jesus himself alone, they are over 300 prophecies. 300 prophecies spread over 3,000 years, over 2,000 years. And they all, Jesus came and fulfilled all of them. As in the Bible is the most amazing book ever. There is no book like that. You get what I mean? There is no one who has written today a book and we go and see like what Shakespeare wrote. Actually, it has come to pass word for word. No. These were different authors, different continents, different times, different seasons. One of the things that was so amazing to me is that David could write and say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He said, They cast lots for my garment. That is David. And he said, They've pierced my hands apart. In my legs. You know what David is saying? This is literally the crucifixion. My hands have been pierced apart. Do you know that during David's time, crosses had not been invented? There were no crosses. There has no even concept. It is not something that was in the process of being made, that it was in the labs. They're advertising it. There's a concept car here. There's a concept cross. So that time there was no one. There was no maybe, what, I don't know, a man would not be called super macho blondie. There's no macho blonde to show concept cross. So David is talking about, no, crosses were not there. Crosses were invented way later. Actually, the Romans are the ones who came with the crosses. Crosses came more than 300 years after David. But he's saying they pierce my hands apart. They cast lots for my, like, how? As in that cannot be a coincidence. That that came and happened exactly. The, the, Moses, God told him, no bone of the lamb should be broken. The Passover lamb. Jesus comes and on, before the Sabbath, bones were broken for the guys who are still on the cross. As they, went. they used to come and they break their bones. Yeah? Jesus had been put up last. He was dead before the others that were put up. To fulfill what was written, no bone of the lamb shall be broken. Now, this one is almost 2,000 years late. You say that was a coincidence? No. So sweet. The same spirit that worked in these people in different generations is the same spirit that works in you. You will be so amazed as you write down. There are things you will understand. That is why it is so important whenever you go for your quiet time, have a notepad, have a book. Have somewhere to write. Even as you sleep, have somewhere besides your bed. We, uh, we are going to talk about his voice. We are going to talk more. But you have dreams. Many people have dreams and they wonder why their dreams are not amounting to anything. Do you treasure them? If you treasure them, you would wake up even at 1 a.m. and write down. Writing shows that you put value on what you're hearing. Yeah. You, have you ever gone for a meeting for... for for a meeting with somebody important. You see, many times they are so they are surprised. Why are you not writing? That's why even here in church we encourage people to write. We say you must write notes. They'll say, Why are you not writing? You're going to remember all this? You get what I mean? You say, Oh, I've come to meet you, Christy Ruby. I want you to tell me about business. And you pocket. 
Writing shows that you are serious, that you value it. And many times what you write, even when you don't revisit, you had, it's hard to forget. Many times I've learned to prepare as I prepare my sermon. There are many times I don't even read it when I'm here. You get what I mean? But just because I prepared it and wrote, I have it here. You get what I mean? Just can just look at a, a word and I know all the scriptures that go with it that I have written. Sometimes even more important. So listen and write. Habakkuk 2.2 Write down the vision. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, tables that he may run that readeth it. Write down when you see it. Though it tarry, it shall surely come to speak. Write it down. Write down the vision. Write down that vision. Write down what you see. So always remember to write down. David is saying he understood by writing. So you can understand by writing. As you write something, I teach in spiritual faith, and normally I tell students, because I used to give notes on PowerPoint, I prepare. So many of them are busy. So I stopped doing that. I told them, I'm going to teach, and I'll be pausing for you to write what you've understood. It is better than writing what I have written. It's better to be, than to be spoon-fed. You get what I mean? And so you see, as you're writing right now, if I go look at your different books, your different whatever gadgets, you're going to realize that you've not written the same way. Because I'm not giving you, write this, write this. So maybe you may have the title as the same, but you've written in a different way. Why? Because you write, you're writing what you're understanding. Now it's easier for that to stick to you. Praise the Lord. So do you remember all the four? Number one was? Yeah, if you don't set an appointment, you miss it. Number two, be quiet and worship. Some of us are too busy. There is a lot going on. You are being threatened to be fired. Your mom is sick. You don't have rent. You don't have school fees. You don't have this. That is a lot of noise. Be quiet. Listen. That voice may be the solution in all that turmoil. The devil always wants you to be in turmoil because in turmoil you can't hear him. He always wants you to be in that. So tell him, devil, I'm not ignorant of your devices. I know all this chaos is so that I, my ear is shut to the voice. Number three, pray and read the word. Pray, pray about whatever is on your mind. Read the word, read anywhere in the Bible. Use a simpler version. Then the last one, listen and write. Never finish your quiet time without writing. You must write. Listen and write. Write down. You'll be so amazed. Have we been blessed? You should prophesy. Now you should write. Listen and write. Hallelujah. Yes, that's, that's the right re response. Roger that. Yeah, actually from next Sunday, whenever you say something, you don't say yes. You say, roger that. You've seen the picture that is up there. You say, roger that. Roger that. <laughs> I should become a bodyguard. Now, let's get up on our feet. If you're here and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, it is very important that if you're going to enjoy such a relationship, you're going to hear his voice. This appointment that you're setting, 
It is for people that have a relationship. It is so important. The price was paid for you. The blood was shed. There is no more price to pay. Jesus came and died. You cannot get ready. People say, I, I want to prepare myself. I want to get ready. No, he would not have come to die if you could get yourself ready. He paid the price. He went on that cross. And he says that they that are in him have no condemnation. All that guilt that you feel, as bad as it may be, Jesus paid for it. Blood was shed on that cross. That blood is enough. It is so powerful. It can wash away every guilt stain. Very powerful. And it would be so unfair for us to leave this place without giving you opportunity to become part of this family. Without giving you opportunity. This family does not mean this church. It means the family of God. The entire body of Christ around the world. Those who have said yes to Jesus. He says when the Holy Spirit comes, he shall convict them of sin. And he explains sin because they do not put their trust in him. They do not believe in him. Have you put your trust in him? Do you believe that he's the only one that can save you? Do you believe that he's the only one that can give you access to the Father? Do you believe that it is only through him that your sins can be forgiven? If you've not yet done that, then the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin. You've not trusted him. You may think, my works, I'm a good guy. I go to church, I do this, I do this. You're convicted of sin. You've not put your trust in him. You've put your trust in your works. You've put your trust in things that you do. Jesus is the only way. And today I want you to choose him. I want us to pray with you. And you will enjoy a relationship with him, even knowing that your sins are fully forgiven. And knowing that one day when he returns, he will receive you and you'll be with him in glory forever. You'll know that you have a place in eternity. That heaven is your home. You can be sure of that. So if you're here and you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you this opportunity. Raise that hand where you are and I'll pray with you. He loves you. He's come to you. He calls you and he wants you to come to him. He wants you to come home. Anyone here that wants to receive him as your Lord and Savior? Don't listen to any lie of the devil. This is your time. This could be the only reason you walked and came into this church. For you to experience him. And it would be worth it our time. We've gone over time today. It would be very easy to say, let's skip this segment. But all we've done would have been useless. Anybody here that wants to receive him, you want to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Want to raise your hand if you want to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Now let's all repeat this prayer with anyone that may be watching that wants to receive him or anyone that will watch later. And us to say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for paying the price that I could not pay. I come to you as a sinner. I have had the good news that I don't need to be a sinner anymore. 
because you dealt with that. I put my trust in you. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your righteousness. I want to be led by you. I want to belong to you. I give my life to you. Jesus, be so real to me. Let me know that my sins are forgiven. From today, I believe that I'm a son. I believe that I am loved. I believe that I am forgiven. I believe that you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I will follow you all the days of my life. I will enjoy a relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. I am born again. Amen. 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 Amen.